Welcome to The Giving Room with Dave and David, where we encourage remarkable generosity, from amazing stories to easy-to-understand discussions about tools for giving that may just be right for you. Hey, I'm Dave. I'm David. And welcome to The Giving Room. Today, we're going to be talking about barbecues, our first cooking show episode. What? What? No, I, I said it's not a cooking show, and it's it is about barbecues, but it's it's an acrostic, you know, kind of like an acronym thing. All right, so grab your steak knife. No, grab, pull up a chair, and here we go. No. We are going to talk about barbecues, but maybe maybe this is clearer. Okay, potentially not as exciting now that you've got everybody hungry. <laughs> but we're basically going to talk about the four, the top four plan giving opportunities for for almost everybody that almost anybody could do. One or two or three of these. All right. Four opportunities. Well, you had me with barbecue. And I'm losing you now because we're actually talking about things that are productive, right? Okay. It's an acrostic. What does it stand for? It stands for bequests. Okay. Big fancy word. Great. Or jargon. Yep. Yep. Beneficiary designations. Okay. Two big fancy words. Yes. It gets worse. Okay. Qualified charitable distributions. <laughs> okay. And then stocks and mutual funds. Barbecues is better. It is. Yeah. Tastier. Yep. Okay. But these are helpful. These will be helpful to somebody. Okay. So... What is a bequest? So I'm glad you asked. So (laughs) a bequest, it basically, and we we covered this a little bit the last time, it's just a provision in your will or your trust. So there can be in a will that just takes care of things after you die, or it can be in a trust that even takes care of things during your lifetime, uh, if there's a reason for it to. And it provides for the gift, Mm -hmm. again, because we're we're talking about gifts gifts to your favorite charity, a gift of a lump sum or a specific asset or percentage of sort of what's left in your estate to your favorite charity. So okay. it's actually in this will or trust document, a gift that goes to charity through that. That's what a bequest is. So fancy term. Yeah. Pretty simple thing. Well, and but wh- wh- and why are bequests important? Like, why should I be considering a bequest? I mean, most of the time when you think of wills or trusts, you think of, I'm just leaving it all to my wife or my kids. What, what's, what, why should I consider a bequest? What's the advantage of that? Well, part of it is it's, it's not now money. It is, you know, in the future. So, right. you know, you can make it conditional or unconditional. So like one of the conditions can actually be that the, that it's not going to happen unless, you know, your wife has died first. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we do reciprocal wills as a husband and wife, that means that our wills say the same thing, just kind of, right. you know, whichever person dies first, uh, then X, Y, Z happens. It can be that the gift of charity doesn't happen until the second death. And you just make sure that that's clear in both wills. So it's one of those things where I can still take care of my family. That's our top priority, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I have to take care of my family. Uh, But then I may want to take care of a, of a charity that's, that's either meant a lot to our family, or I know that it's like advancing the gospel. Um, So, you know, it's something that's been meaningful to me. Maybe something that I supported during my lifetime or that I just wanted to support during my lifetime. Maybe I I couldn't do it. Just there wasn't enough resources. To build on that just a little bit too. I mean, the first thing is you have to have a will. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. You need to do that. Um, Otherwise... And and too many people don't. Correct, yeah. Um, Because you can't leave anything behind to strategically unless you go through that process. But I think the other thing that, that... to consider, I guess, is what kind of legacy you want to leave. And your will and your bequest is a way to do that. Yeah. Um, when you think about charity and giving, um, you know, one of the things I know, if I leave everything to my kids, my kids may not care about the same things that I do. Right. And I think it's, you need to take care of your family, like you said, but you may want to consider taking care of a charity as well. Because even in your death, you're telling a story about the things that matter to you and whether you leave some to different charities that you're passionate about, but 
when in that process, your kids will remember, right. <laughs> wow, my parents cared a lot about this thing through that charitable gift as well. It's a, it's a way to tell a story about things that you're passionate about. That's completely true. So, I, I mean, hopefully you're yeah. telling these stories, you know, while you're alive, too, right. right? You like, you want your kids to know, um, you know, more, uh, than, you know, that you were just into like earning the buck, right. Like <laughs> fair, that, that, fair. That you were involved in something that had significance, you know, in addition to your family. Uh, and this is a way to kind of put an exclamation point on that at the end, you know, and it is one of those things, you know, there's no cash flow impact right now, other than you may have to use a lawyer, but you, but you don't, we'll have some future episodes yeah. where we talk about free resources to actually get your wills done. Um, so there's ways to do that without even doing that. Uh, and it preserves access to the assets just in case. So sometimes, you know, let's, let's even think like in a widow situation, it's like, mm-hmm. this is, it's like never fun to come say, let's, let's pretend you're dead and now you're dead. And then what happens? <laughs> that's, that's what we're going to talk <laughs> about. Morbid again. Great. Exactly. Um, so, if, but if you died first and we still want, you know, your wife to be taken care of, well, then there could be a gift in, you know, at, after her for that. So it sort of preserves access to the assets for her during her lifetime. And then the gift happens after. So there's just a lot of flexibility. Doesn't kind of hurt you now, and it doesn't even have to hurt you. Hurt you, you know, your family mm-hmm. then. Uh, so it's just a good thing that, and, and, and everybody can do it. It doesn't matter how much you have or how right. little you have. You, you could actually do. And this. I think too, we overthink this process. Like, what if I put it in my will? Like, I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s. If I put it in my will today, now I'm stuck with this decision the rest of my life. But I'm no. Well, you can change it. That's actually one of the greatest right. things. Not charities may not tell you this is the greatest thing because you know, <laughs> but um, you can act, you can change it. So it's not irrevocable whether it's in your will or your trust until you actually die. So, yeah. um, so as long as you're breathing, you can change the thing, um, and that's sometimes a good way to test. You know, I actually do encourage you know folks to let the charity know. Like if you put a gift in your will or your trust to your favorite charity or two or three, doesn't have to be one. Right. Um, I think you should let them know. Uh, partly so you can tell them what you want them to do with it. You know, if it's a larger amount, you know, you may not want it to just be this windfall <laughs> that falls into their <laughs> right. annual fund. You may want them to, you know, create a endowment fund, you know, in your name, if it's a gigantic amount or mm-hmm. a smaller amount, just to add it to some special project. So it's not just like sort of absorbed yeah. uh, as this crazy windfall. And I think too, it's important again, realize if you're not super wealthy, you still have assets to leave behind when you die. So you, you yeah. still need a will. You still can make a difference. But then I, th- I think also, no matter how much you have, when you're looking at your kids specifically, there might be a, an amount that's too much. Yeah. You don't want your, you don't want to break your children by making them, not that you'll make your kids lazy, but th- there is a, there is a point where a, it could, uh, if your kids are wealthy enough, it may not make a difference for them. Well, or st- it could stereotypes are based in reality, or, or, right? Or you could, yeah, you could actually, um, give them too much, which right. is as weird as the kid, you know, who's hoping to get something someday, right? Well, <laughs> like I said, stereotypes are based in reality. Right. We have, you know, we know about, you know, trust fund babies. Um, right. And that's what, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, there's not always, uh, you know, some great expectation for like their contribution to society. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's true. And, you know, a lot of times it's actually not true, but uh, again, stereotypes are based in reality. And, and I, I've had folks that I've been working with that have said, you know, my, my kids basically have enough. So then what do I, what, so now what do I do? Yeah. Uh, and we may talk about, you know, how do we give this now or how do we give it through our will? And I think the will is a great way to do that. Your will or your trust. So, okay. bequest. so, we, so bequest, that's our first B. So we have our, our first, yeah, first serving a steak here. What's, what's, what's round two? Number B, B2. What, what do we have the next <laughs> B2 one? Is, that's not a vitamin. Um, <laughs> it's a beneficiary designation. Right. So again, kind of a technical word. And it just means that there's certain assets we have, like retirement plans, life insurance and, you know, in the retirement plan area, like IRAs, individual retirement accounts, right? those contracts, which is what those are, 
actually have a place where you can say, upon my death, this is where I want this asset to go. Um, so if you don't do that, it just kind of dumps into your estate and your will takes care of it. But we don't have to do that. We don't have to rely on that. We can actually just say on that contract, this is who I want to get this after I'm not around to in, to enjoy it, whether it's my retirement plan again yeah. or a life insurance policy. So uh, again, simple. And, and, and if somebody's wanting to make a meaningful future gift that doesn't impact like sort of current cash flow, right. um, something that's important if you're like in a recession time period. Um, this is a great way to do that. A beneficiary designation shows that you, you know, sort of care and are going to be supporting mm-hmm. your favorite charity, but it's just going to happen right later in time. And I think too, it's uh, like we already talked about before with the with, with wills is these are changeable. You know, as you get yeah. older, as you as your financial situations change, you may make adjustments to these things. Um, but then also, um, there's advantages and disadvantages. Like you know, I know. We care a lot about taxes and tax laws change, and you could actually potentially hurt your kids if you give them too much from a tax perspective, right? Or, or it may not hurt, but like you can yeah, mess with some stuff if you don't do this right. Well, that, it's funny you say that. So yeah. that, there's a great story around okay. that. Um, so especially in just the area of beneficiary designations, um, one of the things that in this may be what you're talking about, there's yeah. a, another technical term. It's IRD, income in respect of a decedent. Are you asleep now? Yep, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> You're done, right? No. So IRD, <laughs> all that means is if I, like, just we'll just say through my retirement plan, give my retirement plan assets to, we'll say, you know, my kids yep. upon my death. Well, when they receive that, because it was it was tax deferred, deferred, your favorite word again, yeah. meaning no taxes, taxes come later. out until yeah. I get it. It gets taxed later. It grew tax yep. free, right? So when they get it, they actually have to pay income tax on it at their current tax bracket. So- in theory, hopeful theory, I'm much older, right? <laughs> so, the, so they're probably in their earning prime. They're probably in their highest tax bracket in their life, generally. So they're going to get this asset, asset, and then they're going to have to pay income tax on it, you know, at their at their rate, um, which is a bad thing. Now they have some time to defer it out. They don't have to take it immediately, right? Um, but still, they're paying tax at their at their rate. Contrasted to life insurance, so like if I have both of those things, life insurance may be a better thing to actually leave to them because there's no tax for life insurance. And then in the case of retirement plan, if I leave that to charity, the charity doesn't pay tax. So they get a hundred percent of the value that I leave for them. Life insurance is that there's a, the, I sat next to a gentleman at a, you know, like a gala, sort of your typical yeah. fundraising gala. And he was a, a younger physician and he'd actually just done, you know, we, we were basically two strangers at this table of like six other people that knew each other and we didn't know any of them. So kind of stuck with each other, but then he was really <laughs> excited if you found out, you know, what I did that I helped people with charitable things. And he was all excited. He's like, I just did this thing. Um, you know, he told me that he was a physician at this local university hospital. And he said, he goes, what we just said, I just set up so that my life insurance policy goes to my, you know, my employer to the hospital when I die. And my 403B sort of a nonprofit retirement plan goes to my nieces and nephews. He was single himself, no right. kids. And I said, that is fantastic. And that, those are great gifts but if you want to maximize those gifts, you actually need to switch them. So I've called him the switch doctor. Is that, is that, that's a little corny. But um, the, the switch doctor, because he just, those were great things. And he should keep the idea, but just kind of literally switch them. So the nieces right. and nephews get the life insurance and the, the hospital gets the 403B. And it's a free tax advice right here. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Well, it just matters. Because <laughs> yeah, you know, we talk about planning, planning's like, right. you know, and then what's the law? Maybe that's another thing we should add to our list of things that, and what is the tax law at the time? What's the more advantaged thing to give? So in, okay. in his case, 
okay. more advantaged for the people to get, mm-hmm. you know, the life insurance proceeds and the charity to get the, the retirement plan. And e- either way, though, I mean, again, this is a way for you to make a difference with without giving cash today. You know, this is something you can plan for in the future, and you get to choose what kind of legacy, what kind of story you want to tell with these tools and resources. And literally, it's just a matter of typing them in on an online form most of the time. And by doing that, you can make a tremendous impact of a cause you're really passionate about. Right. When Super it simple. Yep. But both of those bequests, beneficiary designations, yep. are tomorrow gifts. You know, they, they happen in the future. So B, B, Q. Okay, this is, I, you know, this is not my fault. Um, I mean, if we're going to blame anybody, it's the, it's the IRS, actually, or, or Congress. <laughs> it's Congress, because this is a qualified charitable distribution. Okay. Uh, so we actually just call them QCDs, which is shorter, but doesn't help us anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 what they are. Okay, what is it? So qualified charitable d- distribution means that I can actually, once I'm retirement age, and they're going to say, you know, through the laws that let this be, that that's 70 and a half. Once I'm 70 and a half. I can have my IRA administrator, so Fidelity, Schwab, whoever it is, wherever I've got that, I can actually ask them to give up to $100,000 a year from my account to my favorite charity. And then, so it never comes to me, uh, which means that I don't have to pay income tax on that piece. So if I have IRA money and I don't want to receive it, and there there are actually people out there like that, (laughs) you know, receiving their IRA would create a tax problem because they just don't, they don't need the money. Uh, so they don't need the taxes, right? Right. And so they'll say, okay, IRA administrator, you, you know, give $50,000 to this charity and $50,000, you know, to my church, for example. Um, and that can happen every single year. And it goes straight from the IRA to the charity. Charity doesn't pay tax on it. And then ne- neither does the person. There's no deduction for it because it was right. never taxed in the first place. Well, and I, I guess also on top of that, like, even if you do need the money, you but you're, and you're giving to charity from other sources of income. It may be at one, once you hit that seventy and a half age, a smarter way to to give to charity that year instead of from your other well, places, especially right? so like right now, like the standard deduction is really right. high. Yeah. So a lot of folks aren't giving enough to actually get that. So you know, so you're not gonna you're not gonna get a deduction anyway for your giving, right? So you might as well reduce your taxable income by using your IRA proceeds. Does that make sense? So yeah. I, so you so may I let that happen simply once once you hit seventy and a half, you yeah. may have a resource there to uh, to actually get the charitable tax deduction without actually getting the charitable tax deduction by using an IRA instead yeah. of what you're currently giving. Well, and here's one just sort of like tweak that's happened in the last few years. Actually, kind of since a little before COVID and during is that. Um, I don't have to take money out of my IRA till I'm 72 and a half. So this IRA law lets me start at 70 and a half and I can still do up to a hundred thousand dollars. But once I'm 72 and a half, I have to start taking money out of gotcha. my IRA. So it's, it's called a required uh, minimum distribution. So it's, I'm required to take it. Uh, but that hundred thousand dollars up to a hundred thousand dollars counts. So I can actually satisfy what's supposed to come to me that I would pay tax on by actually giving it to charity, not paying tax on. And of okay. course, the charity doesn't pay tax so, either. So, so again, once you hit that seventy and a half to to seventy two and a half range, really cool opportunity. Definitely yeah. talk talk to talk to the charity you're passionate about. They can help yeah. you with that probably. Uh, well, it or, ends up yeah. being a simple form, yeah. you know. And but this is a today gift, right? Like, I mean, yeah. it may take several days for it to happen, right? But this is not a fill it out and it happens, you know, months or years later. This is. I can actually make a difference this week. So barbecues, plural, they have an S here, the stocks and mutual funds. Uh, Tell me about that. Well, so uh, giving appreciated property generally is better. So appreciated property means it's something I own that's increased in value since what I purchased it for. Right. right? So that's the theory (laughs) that we invest in the stock market. You know, we've been going through some time, you know, in the recent past where that's not always the case, right? 
so the market does change. However, most people, especially people that are you know really considering major gifts, still have built-in appreciation. So you know they may have you know bought their Microsoft shares. We'll just make up a number. You know for thirty bucks a share, and you know maybe a year ago there was three hundred bucks a share, and but now it's two hundred bucks a share. Well, that's still you know, a lot more than 30. a lot more than what they paid, right? <laughs> yeah. So if they liquidated the stock and reinvested it, they'd pay tax on that difference, what they paid for it versus what they sold it for, that gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they've held it for longer than a year. So now what we can do is we can actually just give that to charity. We get a deduction for the fair market value, like what it's actually trading for the day you did it, right. what you purchased it for, you know, when it goes to a public charity, um, probably what your favorite charity is. Right. And then, you know, you get that max deduction. You're basically getting the value of a deduction, but it's really costing you less because you just paid the 30 bucks a share, sure. but you got a, you know, right. it's, $200 it's, worth of value. And you may be giving the same amount of cash you would otherwise. Right. But in this way, you're giving the charity money you'd be paying taxes to anyway. So it allows your dollar to go further, um, because essentially by going this route versus a cash gift that you've already paid taxes on. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. In, and in a lot of cases, you know, when, when we've gone through series of, you know, the market's just continually growing, it's almost like it, repl- it replaces itself. Right. Uh, you know, not exactly. And when you give a gift, it's actually sort of annoying when charity's like, when you give this and then it's like, it's like you didn't even give. I'm like, no, it's like, I actually gave. It's yeah. like I gave. Exactly. Right. Like I, when I give, I do have less. Uh, but that's part of the deal. Your gift goes further though. But your gift goes further. Right. Yeah. And it just enables you to do more or less. So it's just sort of a leveraged mm-hmm. way to leverage your giving. So, that, so that's it. I mean, you know, as far as, you know, things you have to worry about with the charity, uh, if it's publicly traded stocks, sometimes, you know, you may worry like what are they going to do with it well they should liquidate it and if you hear them say as soon as you give it to us it's going to sell and then we'll reinvest it you know we'll either use it the cash for what we're going to do or we're going to reinvest into our endowment whatever that's all fine that's actually a best practice for them sometimes uh, you know i've I've talked with donors who wonder like well should they just hold this has been great for me i mean you know maybe that makes sense but really no the best practice is they're going to sell stock the day they receive it and it's going to get either used per you know what they asked it or you, you know, what what your purpose of the gift was, or it's going to get reinvested into whatever, you know, short term or long term vehicle they're they're using. There. Awesome. So yeah. All right. So so we've covered brats, burgers, quinoa, and steak. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's potentially more interesting. But no, it was <laughs> bequest, beneficiary designations, qualified charitable distributions, and stocks. Uh, anything else we want to add on here? Uh, you we? know, I think that's plenty. <laughs> I, I think we're full. All right. Uh, that another well, dumb metaphor. Hey, thank you so much for hanging out with us on the barbecue episode in the giving room. I'm Dave. I'm David. And we're thrilled that you're here. Again, for more details about any of this, go to givingroompodcast.com. And also make sure you subscribe wherever you listen. The Giving Room Podcast is brought to you by Giving Design LLC, where we help ministries and their donors utilize planned giving to change the world. Go to givingdesign.com to learn more. As always, a huge thank you to River Radio Ministries for sponsoring and producing this podcast. Go to riverradio.com to listen or learn more.